Hey, what's up? This is Chris Gray, and you're listening to the ZFM Sport Podcast. Nice, Messi! It is the cleanest of clean finishes from the best on the planet. It's time for the biggest sports stories. Chelsea, the UEFA Champions League winners of 2021. The biggest interviews. That uh, such a great spectacle is ruined by such such thuggish behaviour. And all the analysis right here. He's the one player that has the arrogance to think that he can play in any stadium in the world and any pitch in the world in front of any player in the world and take them on. Every weekday, it's my sport, it's your sport. It's ZFM Sport. Let's join the team for the biggest show in the world of sport on ZFM Stereo. My station, your station. When our producer Sean Tafirinika assembles Mike my daughter Chris Mizi, Alois Bunjira and me, Barry Manandi, it can mean only mean one thing and that is it's time for ZFM Sport. Today's Wacky Wednesday and on the home front to Zimbabwe Sevens rugby coach Graham Callback uh, wants the cheaters to stick to their sustained pursuit of a winning culture when they attempt to navigate what looks like a difficult ter- looks like difficult terrain at the Rugby World Cup Sevens in Cape Town. In international sports news, India captain Rohit Sharma is not concerned about his side's poor form ahead of next month's T20 World Cup as successive defeats by Pakistan and Sri Lanka have left the men in blue on the brink of exiting the Asia Cup. In Around the World in 60, we have updates from London, New Hampshire and New York. In the beautiful game, it's been just one story that's been trending all over social media and the news channels that the news that Thomas Tuchel has departed Stamford Bridge. He was fired after Chelsea lost 1-0 to Dinamo Zagreb last night. This in the Champions League and that is where we camp out this evening in the beautiful game. We'll also take a look at the PSG game where the coach Christophe Gaultier praised his team for holding off Juventus in a tightly contested second half as the French side kicked off their campaign with a 2-1 home win. And in tonight's action is headlined by Inter who hosts German giants Bayern Munich at the Stadio Giuseppe Meazza. Stay right where you are. Move to the groove of the nation. Right, get in touch. As Mike said, if you're a Chelsea fan, your thoughts on that Thomas Tuchel sacking and also your thoughts on the first night of action in the UEFA Champions League. The number to use is our WhatsApp number right here in the studio, 0731-168-045. And then don't forget, you can catch the show as a podcast or wherever you get your podcast with Apple, Google, Spotify, wherever. Uh, just search for ZFM Sport. Why don't you also subscribe and you'll get notified as when as to when we put up our latest a podcast. So we'll give you a local sports news roundup. Then we are talking some sevens rugby. The home front, local sports news and analysis. Start off your local sports news roundup with some boxing news. World Boxing Council interim super bantamweight champion Kodakwashi Take Money Chiwandire is set to resume preparations for her title defense fight next month. The fight has been rescheduled for the third time now due to irreconcilable scheduling clashes. Chiwandire and her coach and manager Clyde Musonda said the postponements were a blessing in disguise as they had afforded them ample time to adequately prepare for a fight against Mexican Zulina Munoz. 
Head over to some netball news. Zimbabwe netball captain Felicitas Kwanga will be back at Surrey Storm after the English club re-signed her for the 2023 netball Super League season. Kwanga made her debut appearance for Surrey Storm in 2021 and the club re-signed her for the 2022 season after she impressed. The Gems captain has continued to make strides and last year she won the Netball Super League Coaches Player of the Year award. Finish off with some hockey news. The president of the National Association, Grant Campbell, says they are looking at resuscitating provincial leagues to ensure there's widespread and vibrant competition locally. Campbell said uh, provincial leagues are set are key in providing much-needed competition in identifying and developing players that will feed into the national teams. The Warriors, the Chevrons, the Cheetahs, the Mighty Warriors and the Sables. From the pool to the track to the field, we are Team Zimbabwe. All right, like we said, we're talking about uh, Sevens Rugby. Now, Zimbabwe Sevens Rugby coach Graham Kovac wants the Cheetahs to stick to their sustained pursuit of a winning culture when they attempt to navigate what looks like difficult terrain at the Rugby World Cup Sevens in Cape Town. Uh, the Kudzai Mahawi captain side, who are seeded 23rd in the 24-team tournament, will face 10th seeded Canada in pre-round of 16 uh, fixtures on the opening day of the event on Friday morning. The winner of the qualification round involving teams seeded from 9 to 24 will progress to the round of 16 where they will take on the top 8 sides while the losers drop down into the consolation bowl competition that will decide position 17 to 24. Let's hear from Zimbabwe rugby journalist Sydney Savanu who is in Cape Town covering the Cheetahs. We do have a an uproot task ahead of us considering the fact that we are playing mostly the with Canada, the first game that we will be playing, Canada, they are in the HSBC uh, series, so it means that they are playing in a top-tier competition as of us. We are here to qualify and play in that uh, competition. So uh, I would like to think, I would like to hope that uh, the guys will emulate what uh, they did back in 2007 under the captains of Jacques Leitao, uh, maybe just winning that ball cup. I think if they do that, they will uh, make us smile as fans. But uh, yeah, we, let's just hope the, for the best for our boys. Z. All right, the Cheetah squad that is in Cape Town, Kudzai Mashawi, of course, is the captain. Godfrey Magaramombe, uh, Vuyani Dlomo, Munopa Muneta, uh, Tapiwa Mulenga, Jafnos Chiwanza, Carlos Matematema, uh, Ryan Musumi, uh, Shingirai Kachere, Sam Piri, Munesi Muneta, and Nigel Tinarwo. And uh, I think the best way for us to, to, to start, um, Mike, is with looking with the form guide uh, of the Cheetahs. And we missed out on core status and that was almost a tune-up for the World Cup we didn't do uh, too great <laughs> yeah we didn't do too great uh, and I think of course uh, the uh, position that, that uh, you also read out in the story there where we are ranked 23 out of the 24 seeded 23 out of the 24 side uh, that really speaks to the fact that yeah. uh, I think if we're to be honest with ourselves as a nation we aren't going to make the top 16 sides at this tournament uh, just like uh, we failed to do when we played in San Francisco the last time out so I think we should be content 
stint uh, with trying to finish as high up as we can uh, when we of course um, uh, take part in that bowl competition to decide positions 17 to 24 anything mm. higher than 23 will yeah. be success in this particular tournament sure. since we are seeded 23 <laughs> out of 24 teams so I, I'm not highly optimistic you take a look at uh, the squad that we have taken you rattle through those names Barry yes just one or two uh, names that uh, we are familiar with uh, you know the likes of Shingirai Katsuere uh, those of course um players that have been in and around the sevens uh, set up for a very long time but we are now missing the experience that we used to have yeah. in our cheetah side that always used to stand us in good stead whenever we used to participate at the different tournaments that we were in or in the matches that we played in this side here is relatively inexperienced you know another one is maybe Godfrey Magaramombe but mm. apart from that yeah. all of these guys are novices when it comes to the sevens game yeah and uh, that that uh, uh, the fact that there are greenhorns in inverted commas uh, you could say wet behind the ears and haven't got experience at this level uh, you're, you're being encouraged by the fact that uh, uh, Chris they managed to get uh, their last sort of uh, tuning up and uh, uh, their run out against an experienced side like Scotland who uh, with whom they trained uh, yeah. and that, that's going to help at least but uh, Mumbai is in the market <laughs> unfortunately not and especially because like Mike pointed out we're taking a pretty inexperienced side um, when you're taking a look at that list of names again a lot of names not familiar and so even if you do get to the tournament and your tune-up is with Scotland and you know it helps to build up to the tournament I think it's still an uphill task for the sevens uh, for the cheaters and all we can do at this point is absolutely hope for the best to ensure that we are able to place as high as possible I think there's not a lot that we can expect from this team aside from the fact that they've had decent-ish preparations yeah decent preparations uh, and uh, doing what we can with uh, the, the the meager playing resources that we have uh, Michael now this is our sixth appearance at the Rugby World Cup sevens uh, and we made our debut in 1997 so it is a, a competition that we ha- are used to going to but as you quite rightly pointed out Mike uh, it uh, it it doesn't necessarily follow uh, that we have the experience uh, to see our way uh, through. All right, just let's go through the seeded teams. Like we said uh, earlier, after there is that shaking up in the round of 16, the teams that qualify will be matched up with the seeded teams. The seeded teams 1 to 8 are South Africa, seeded first, second in Australia, is Australia, uh, 3 Fiji, 4 Argentina, 5 New Zealand, uh, England is sixth, and then France and USA make up those eight-seeded teams. No surprises that South Africa is top-seeded, Mike. They've had a phenomenal run of, of form. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, they've got, of course, uh, uh, I think a remarkable 36-match 36, uh, 36 winning streak, which saw them uh, win six rounds of the World Series in a row across 2021-2022. Uh, uh, but that was also primarily because uh, that a number of nations weren't travelling yeah. uh, to the tournaments uh, and South Africa were finding themselves as the big boys uh, at those series. So they were always going to rack up uh, impressive stats of that nature. We have seen in recent tournaments where the likes of uh, New Zealand, Australia are now involved. South Africa have been finding victories very tough in those Mm. tournaments. So yes, they will be statistically, I think, uh, the best side if you take a look at the body of work over the last two or three years. But I actually think that there are a couple of better sides uh, in that uh, tournament. And Fiji, for me, uh, should be the number one side. That's the side to beat when it comes to Sevens Rugby. Uh, They are the world champions. They are the 
Olympic gold medalists and of course they missed out on a uh, uh, gold medal at uh, the Commonwealth Games uh, but uh, when you watch uh, Fiji play you certainly appreciate the fact that they're the best side uh, when it comes to sevens and then after that of course it's a toy cost uh, bit, uh, to- toy cost uh, to- <laughs> coin, coin toss <laughs> toy cost toy cost my goodness that's a new phrase guys yeah, lovely. Uh, if that's what is listening uh, let me explain what it means actually <laughs> Toin cost. <laughs> it, it's a yes, coin toss. Eventually, cost. yes. I've just uh, put my teeth back in. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's a it's a toin cost. <laughs> <laughs> ah, just leave it. You know what I'm trying to say. Let me leave it. At, you know what I'm trying to say. It's a coin toss. You see, I never went to Prince Edward. Uh, so uh, yeah. So between Australia and New Zealand, uh, after yeah. that, Argentina as well on their day uh, when they bring their A game can beat anyone. Yeah. Uh, they've been playing some phenomenal, phenomenal rugby, and I think they're a testament to development. Mm. They're a testament to uh, a, a union that's put a lot of focus into changing the way that Argentine rugby rugby is perceived yeah, for sure. you go back 10-15 years Argentine rugby was really about the scrum it was mm. about the forwards and about these big brutal guys nowadays Argentine rugby is about free, free flowing uh, running rugby and it's also showing in their seven. so it's going to be very interesting this one I think it's an open tournament uh, yeah. any one of about three or four sides and then they're always the dark horses Kenya as well Kenya, not yeah. seeded yeah. in the oh, top yeah, yeah. eight but yeah. Kenya uh, will punch above their weight they punch above their weight and that can upset anyone uh, on their day so in that round of 16, I think many of these nations won't want to draw uh, Kenya. So now the seedings from both men's and women's competitions were based on points accrued during the HSBC World uh, Rugby 7 Series in 2020-2022. Explains uh, why South Africa favourites. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> while the teams who do not participate on the series were seeded, like us, like Zimbabwe, were seeded using their rankings gained at the World Rugby uh, 7's Challenger Series 2020 in conjunction with regional ranking positions ending in July 2022 and uh there was obviously a surprise qualifier from mm. uh, from Europe, and that was Portugal, wasn't it? Yeah, Portugal actually surprised us with making this tournament. They aged out Spain in the qualifying playoff. But I think that's not the only nation we can take a look at in terms of um, sort of the surprise pop-ups mm. in this tournament. Uh, South Korea as well. They qualified for their first sevens uh, since 2005. And then also some non-traditional rugby countries, Jamaica, Chile, Uruguay, and Germany, also qualifying for this tournament. So a very very interesting mix-up and like uh, Mike said you it, it's, it's a pretty much open tournament not just at the top but also um, I think in the middle when you take a look at those the way these nations have been ranked well Jamaica will certainly bring the colour and a little bit I more than should, that I'll I say they should be shakers I think they, they, they're, 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 they're behind us <laughs> yeah, I think they're, they're number 24 Jamaica <laughs> Jamaica Jamaica Oh, we love Jamaica. So that is your Sevens World Cup. Um, let's get your tips, guys. Uh, Mike, you go first. Uh, I'll always go the tournament uh, outright. I'll go with, um, depending which uh, paths they take, I anticipate it would be Fiji versus New Zealand in the final. In the final, yeah. okay. Fiji, my favourites. All right, Chris? Um, hmm, tough one. Uh, you can't get past South Africa, obviously, because of the way they've been seated, but also Blitzbach, incredible team. Home, yeah. So I'm going to go uh, South Africa and New Zealand. Okay. In the final? In the final. And who wins it? South Africa. South Africa wins it. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, guys, I'm going to go a little bit left field. 
I think Aussie's going to take this one. Australia. Australia. Mm-hmm. I think Australia has got that. It's uh, got the wool over many of these. I can't t- believe the disrespect you guys have for Fiji. It's no, <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's not disrespect. It's not disrespect it's at all. Shocking. I, I, I reckon. Okay. That's if, like, if they avoid that's like each saying other. Man City are not favourites of the English Premier League. No, 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 no. It's not a case of of favouritism. Uh, it's not a case of picking the favourite. Um, it's a case of, I think, in the route and all sorts. Uh, ultimately, I reckon Australia-Fiji final mm. with Australia edging it in the final. That's not to remove the quality that Fiji possesses. You know, okay. I want to ask a question, Mike. Uh, Probably for other listeners that are out there. Why is it that Fiji, they're so good at uh, sevens? But they are not world beaters at the fifteenth. Yeah, because it's it's a different game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How different? Seven yeah. and fifteen. Uh, it it really is the exploitation of space uh, and movement, and they play a lot of sevens rugby. So if you go to Fiji, that's their national sport. Yeah. It's, oh, it's, it's, it's not the fifteenth. Yeah, the fifteenth. Yeah, the sevens okay. game is the one that everyone plays. Everyone, yeah. if you go so everywhere it's about in development. Fiji, yeah. So development, their development focuses on uh, okay. the seven setup, uh, and then the fifteenth is actually seen as secondary. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Oh. So that's why they are the way that they are. They're also very, very quick, good ball handling skills and uh, can hurt you on any day. Did I do enough of a, a credit? Yeah, to that's, that's decent. <laughs> <laughs> that's, 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 you know, that's respect. Better. You know, respect. <laughs> I, 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 I just hope they, 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 they play Australia and pummel me. And Also, also, for the avoidance of doubt, I'm not saying I'm an Aussie Hey, look, Sean, let's move on. No, you're using your head. Using your head. (laughs) From the front of the grid to the back of the net, it's CFM Sport. International Sports News Roundup, where the world comes out to play. We're talking cricket now. Indian captain uh, Rohit Sharma is not concerned about his side's poor form ahead of next month's T20 World Cup as successive defeats by Pakistan and Sri Lanka have left the men in blue on the brink of exiting the Asia Cup. India's fate in the Asia Cup is no longer in their hands after their loss to Sri Lanka. They have to beat Afghanistan, but even before they get there, their fate could be sealed if Pakistan beat Afghanistan, which is very likely. Let's hear from the India captain Rohit Sharma. I mean, it's 90-95% settled. Uh, there's only few changes that will happen. Uh, that's about it. Uh, uh, and uh, when you talk about experiment, yes, we we wanted to try out certain things. Uh, if you if you look at our combination that we've been playing uh, uh, before the start of Asia Cup, it was uh, with four seamers, two spinners, and the second spinner was an all-rounder. Uh, but I also always wanted to try and find answers what happens if we play with three seamers and play with two spinners and third spinners third spinner being uh, uh, you know an all-rounder but yeah I mean after this we've got two more series to play and then the World Cup so uh, we will somewhere uh, before I think I don't know when the team is being announced for the World Cup but till that has been not announced we, we, we can certainly try a few more players see 
Okay, um, I, I, we know for sure that it's likely that uh, the Indian team is not watching Idol on, on TV right now. They're watching that game <laughs> between Pakistan and Afghanistan that's right on right now. What's the update, Mike? Well, they've got a bit of hope, Barry, because uh, it looks like it's going to be... Uh, it's a tight, low-scoring affair. Afghanistan are batting first. Uh, they uh, went about their business uh, fairly slowly and uh, managed to rack up 129 for six. Uh, it's tough going out there because they didn't lose all their wickets. This was not a function of them losing wickets. Wickets, yeah. This was just a function of a slow scoring on that mm. deck. Uh, 6.45 was the run rate uh, that they were moving at. And Pakistan right now, in reply, uh, are 45 for three after 8.4 over. So yep. they're moving at 5.1 runs and over. Mm. And here's the key thing. Some key players are now gone. Barbara Zam out. He was LBW for a duck. First Yo. ball duck. Uh, Mohammed Rizwan as well, who's been sure. so destructive at the top of the order uh, for the Sultans of Swing. He went for 20. Uh, and so it's, it's, it's tough going for Pakistan, but they'll be hoping to keep uh, wickets in hand, I think, for a late surge a late between sort of like end, yeah. overs 14 to 20. To 20 they'll yeah. try and put the hammer down. Uh, it's a gettable score, mm. but we know that Afghanistan have got some pretty, pretty good uh, defensive bowlers like Rashid Khan mm. who will try and keep things very tight there. Yeah, so, so India's got a bit of hope as they, they watch. They, they do because <laughs> they're, they're hoping that uh, Afghanistan wins this match and at this stage Pakistan chasing that score are behind the asking rate. But what we can talk about is what is already decided and determined and that is that India's run of form, Chris, is nothing uh, that we can get excited about. Yeah. They've lost to Sri Lanka, they've lost to Pakistan and they're at risk now of being knocked out of the Asia Cup. Uh, they haven't won a major tournament in a long time and perhaps now is the time for questions to start being asked. A lot of questions because when you talk about the last time they won at the... Uh, any like any 50 overs world cup at home that was 2011 so if you're taking a look at just what they've been able to produce since then um they won the icc uh, champions trophy two years later but after that they failed to win any global event yeah which is such a stunning stat for i think a nation that's built as the bit one of the best in the world and for in the some minds of some literally at the moment the best in the world mm. so i think it's it's very problematic and lots of questions need to be asked there, whether it's of the players, of the coaching. Something's not quite tinkering correctly. With uh, Mike, you've been talking about uh, India for a long time and saying, that look, it's just vibes. It's just vibes for me. Uh, <laughs> I mean, uh, it's only in the minds of certain sections of the media and their own cricket fans that uh, India is regarded as the best in the world. Why are you looking uh, at Sean while you're saying uh, that? <laughs> and the, re- the, the reason why I say it is, is simply this. You take a look at uh, tournaments. Uh, and this is where the pedigree of teams come out comes out. They've only won uh, three World Cups, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. Uh, that's uh, either 50 over World Cups and uh, the T20 World Cup. Sure. Um, that's just a record that, that matches the West Indies. Yeah. Uh, you take a look at Australia uh, Australia alone has won five World Cups uh, when yeah, it comes yeah, to yeah. the 50 over format yeah, yeah. Uh, and added a sixth tournament so they're, they're certainly not the best cricketing playing nation in the world sure. they're not you know so if if you take a look at the way they generally perform they're very good and we've been exposed to the IPL and things like that but come the crunch moments Barry yeah, in yeah. recent it's years a, you, you, you can't, can't be great between World Cups yeah, and they, then not they, they, they've invariably choked when yeah. it comes to the big tournaments where they've 
been expected to do well and to, to perform. Uh, they choked at the 50-over World Cup in England in mm. 2019. They did a similar feat in Australia in 2015 uh, when they went into the tournament uh, as outright favourites. If yeah. you remember back then, the likes of MS Dhoni were at the peak of their powers. Virat Kohli was at mm. the peak of his powers. Yeah. They were dominant uh, and they still choked. So... They've got to up their game. And going into the T20 World Cup, yes, once again, people will call them favourites. But when you take a look at some of the other sides, that they'll be up against an Australia side that's playing at home, yep. a New Zealand side that we know uh, certainly mm. punches above its weight. Those teams, I think, have just got a, a better balance yeah. in yeah. their sides. Uh, yeah. Whereas India right now, unless they get Virat Kohli, to play mm. and to perform and to come up with big performances. I just don't see the person who's going to lead them over the line. Rohit Sharma can't do it alone. Yeah, can't and the other guys that. around them, Hadik Pandya, ETC, KL, Harahu, good Rahul, players, yeah. but they're inconsistent. Yeah, the inconsistency. And that inconsistency has then fed onto the team as well. I want to throw forward very briefly, uh, Chris, to the T20 World Cup. The, the, the reason why many pundits will install them as pro favourites is because uh, they've had a lot of prep time. We're talking about Fiji and Sevens Rugby. Mm. Uh, the, the IPL has really been the breeding ground before India's T20 ability uh, uh, in the world of cricket. So you've got to think to yourself, they, they, they go in there with a lot of expectations. But these are going to be Australian tracks uh, that they aren't <laughs> used to. They're not going to be subcontinent tracks. Uh, so India has got some serious work to do. A lot of work to do. And if it's T20 World Cup we're talking about, we have to take a quick look at the last uh, T20 World Cup last year where they were in two straight defeats and that left their campaign in jeopardy mm. um, and anything after that was little more than a formality so it's it's a lot of work to be done and I, I, I wonder if the questions are being asked and the work is being done to figure out exactly how to bring the best out of this team at the moment. Alright, so India on the brink but uh, that game that's currently on in which they're not participating, Mark, you may actually decide their uh, fate. Pakistan taking on Afghanistan and uh, India hoping for an Afghanistan uh, victory. In other news, uh, Ben Stokes will be hoping to cap off a watershed summer for England's uh, men's cricket team and with a series victory over South Africa when the two teams meet at the Oval tomorrow. Finally poised at one apiece, England avenged their innings defeat to South Africa from a week earlier with an equally impressive victory over the Proteas at Old Trafford. How is it guys? Elvis, WPF. This is the bomb. All Africa heavyweight champion two time. Uh, you are listening to ZFM Sports. Around the world in 60 seconds. International sports news. We begin in London where Anthony Joshua has now reportedly accepted Tyson Fury's offer ahead of a proposed 17th of December fight at the Principality Stadium in Cardiff. Fury revealed yesterday that he has offered Joshua a 60-40 split for their proposed Battle of Britain fight, about which has been years overdue with the two going back and forth for the better part of six years. We head over to New Hampshire, defending champion Billy Horschel and former world number one John Rahm have criticised live golfers taking part in the BMW PGA championship at Wentworth. 17 players who have competed on the Saudi Arabian funded breakaway tour are included in the field of the DP World Tour event which starts on the West Coast tomorrow. Horschel 
branded several live players hypocrites and said the group which includes European Ryder Cup heroes Lee Westwood Ian Poulter and Sergio Garcia should not be part of the event really strong statements there Mike um Warranted? Not warranted? Oh, come on. They should get used to the fact that uh, Liv is here to stay. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it's only going to get stronger. The, the fact that they were able to nab the number two ranked player in the world, uh, you know, uh, last week, I think was a statement mm-hmm. uh, that there are a lot more players out there who are considering Liv. Uh, they may be taking their time uh, regards joining the tournament, but I think the PGA is going to find a way to coexist with Liv. Uh, otherwise, uh, it's a no-brainer. The type of money that these guys are winning uh, on the live tour is ridiculous and no player can turn that down and it's touched down in new york where nick Kyrgios said he was devastated after suffering a heartbreaking defeat to karen kachanov in the u.s open quarterfinals russian 27 seed kachanov triumphed 7-5-4-6-7-5-6-7-6-4 over the wimbledon runner-up to make the last four at a major for the first time in the ladies draw caroline garcia powered her way past Coco Golf 6-3-6-4 as she advanced into her first Grand Slam semi-final. 11 years after Andy Murray predicted Garcia would be world number one when the French woman is in the form of her life. Fan Zone. Get in touch with the team and have your say your way. Operator. Good evening to Tonde. He's got in touch on 0731-168-045. That's your number. Save it in your phone as ZFM Sport Fan Zone 0731-168-045. And uh, Tonde says that Anthony Joshua is finished. He needs to try Wilder and then Fury fights Ushak. We want an undisputed champion. But uh, there's a Marigash Berry. I mean, uh, these, yeah, these bouts here, yeah, it's all about yeah, that. It's about cash. Um, I think the, the particularly the heavyweight division it's lost its luster it's lost its uh, uh, fan attraction yeah we follow it because you know we like boxing but it's not as it was yeah but when you take a look at the heavyweight division it's also just a lot of marketing at the moment like Anthony Joshua talking about just vibes he yeah that it's just, just vibes alright okay let's get into more messages here and hi guys just a small off the topic question I've been wondering can a pundit coach a team because the way you guys know sport one would think <laughs> Chris can replace Tickle any day. Thanks for a great show, guys. Well, Chris, uh, there's a challenge for you, but we know what happened to Gary Neville. Oh, God. When he tried to get into management with Valencia. Yeah, it's, it's, I think it's much, much easier. Also, there's no job security in that role, so I'd never do it. But um, it's much, much easier to take a look at something after or before the fact and do like a very good critical analysis. But I think we underestimate the kind of work managers at that level actually have to do tactically. Yeah, absolutely. Because I, I think we, we, we tend to think, Alois, of management as match day. Yeah. But we don't realize that there's Monday the right team. up to yeah. Saturday yeah. where you are preparing the team. In fact, you in Europe, they call it a manager. So yeah. it's not just about coaching. It's about managing the entire football institution more than just the 11 players that run out on match day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, most definitely. If it, it starts from the last game. As soon as you finish the last match, you're already managing your players for the next match. And that turnaround is wild. Yeah, yeah it, it, it is not just to have a, a team talk before the match and, and then you play. There is a whole lot more. There are players that are still not uh, psychologically uh, 
ready after a defeat from the previous match you need to get back get them back into training mode so that they can start preparing for the next match and there there's a lot other things that like social responsibility mm. what happens at your home you need to know exactly what is happening at Barry's house what is affecting him this week what is happening at Mike's house what is happening in his relationship what is he eating there's a lot more that is uh, that is uh, needed in managing a team than just a team talk and training for the uh, upcoming match <laughs> absolutely uh, this person says I disagree uh, about India the only problem of India and Diego these players have a Tampa club tournaments outside their country chete, so they're always caught off guard whose fault is it? <laughs> That's a that's a perfect question. That, that's, that's, question. That's, that's a problem that's, of India cricket. Yeah, India get, cricket get, refuses get, for their players to play in other different conditions. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. so the, as a result, when they go down to Australia, they go to England, they, they look like ducks are out of water. So in truth, uh, I think that in India, uh, like uh, Chris was saying, there's a whole systemic challenge that is existing. And as long as they're not asking the right questions, it won't be solved quickly. And how are you guys? Tiruku Kumbirao, a tribute show for Serena Williams. Legend say her goodbye per weekend apple. Kamoyo from Norton. Definitely that's in order. I think as mm-hmm. soon as yeah. Serena Williams confirms yes, that she, she is done, <laughs> we'll certainly be the first ones uh, to, of course, uh, give her um, uh, a tribute here. We've been the biggest fans of Serena Williams for a very long time. Especially uh, you. <laughs> <laughs> certainly. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay, guys. I, I can see a lot of uh, Thomas Tuco messages here uh, and I think of course uh, we incorporate those into the beautiful game because Thomas Tuco is a front and a centre, a victim of defeat in the Champions League Your, your hit mu- music station My station, your station It's everybody's station Z FM Stereo The big leagues the big teams, the big players. The beautiful game on ZFM Sport. Right, let's begin by running through the results from last night, starting with Group E action. Dinamo Zagreb, 1-0 victors over Chelsea of England. Red Bull Salzburg, 1-0 draw with the Rossoneri Milan. Group F, Celtic thumped. At home, 3-0 by Real Madrid, the champions. RB Leipzig beaten 4-1 by Shakhtar Donetsk. And in Group G, Borussia Dortmund, 3-0 victors over Copenhagen. Sevilla thrashed by Man City, 4-0 at home. And in Group H, Benfica, too good for Maccabi Haifa of Israel, 2-0. And PSG beating Juventus, 2-1. But the big story has all been about Chelsea because they've sacked Thomas Tuchel after that defeat to Dinamo Zagreb last night. Let's hear from football pundit Gabriel Makoti, who has more details over Tuchel's sacking. Uh, I was surprised because I don't think that it was going to be like this so quickly without a plan. After that enormous summer spend, um, you know, Chelsea have let it be. In these situations, what always happens is a club puts out a statement and then they start filtering out, you know, news on background. And one of the things that they were keen to say is that there had been concerns for some time mm-hmm. and uh, this is not a knee jerk. Well, my obvious reaction is if there have been concerns for some time, why did you approve the 
signing of Pierre Emerick Aubameyang, of of Zachariah on deadline day, of of you know this this incredible record spend in the summer in excess of of 260 million pounds, north of 300 million dollars. So, I this just feels like it's not really joined up thinking. Z. Aloisa, I agree with Gabriel Makoti. Uh, something happened. Uh, in the last seven days because here's a guy who was given uh, a record-breaking transfer kitty. Uh, You know, no manager has ever spent more money than Tuchel did in this last transfer window in the history of the Premier League. Okay? So they trusted him with that money, allowed him to bring, what is it, eight or nine players? A lot of them really good players. Uh, (laughs) uh, And then, yes, things were not going well this season for Thomas Tuchel but just seven matches in it looks like something just happened there and he's been shown the exit but uh, uh, th- th- there must be a story that's probably going to come out in the next few days yeah yeah I was equally shocked you know when I heard that he has been sh- uh, uh, sacked because like uh, like you're saying like uh, the pundits say you, you cannot you cannot give somebody so much money and before he plays two games with the same, very same players that you gave him money to play with and then you fire him. You know, it cannot be about the Zagreb game because these things happen. You, you, you saw Shakhtar hammering uh, one other team 4-0 and the coach could be sacked. But this is Champions League football. Shocks shocks happen and they can still recover. This is the yeah, first game of the Champions League. Especially if you consider can, that group. I mean, Red Bull, Salzburg, yeah, uh, as Dinamo Zagreb, they could beat again in the return leg. AC Milan, yes, decent yeah. side. But it's not like they've been knocked out yeah. of, the, of the group. So it's it's shocking. I'm, I agree with you 100% that there is a story behind this story that maybe in a few weeks' time we will get to hear what exactly was happening at but Chelsea. when you take a look at the new owner, and relative inexperience in the English Premier League. Could this not just be a symptom of the fact that this is someone new who's very hands-on, who thinks he can make these kind of decisions in the English Premier League? I think that's also part of the symptom. Uh, it, 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 it certainly could be. Um, but I think also, and, and the, yes, the club put out the statement to say that there's been concerns for a long time. Yeah. Uh, I think the concerns... So, so why the, give them 300 million? <laughs> Hold on. I think spend. That, uh, perhaps, and, and I'm just proffering a, a suggestion here. Perhaps the concerns were around the football that was being played by Thomas Tuchel not passing the eye test. So it wasn't necessarily about results. Um, looking at what Chelsea was doing on the field, we all saw it. We couldn't see what Chelsea was trying to were, were trying to do. Come what, on, what, I, 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 I want to disagree I, there, baby, because Chelsea has always been a practical side. It's never it, Chelsea has not been known for the aesthetics, but they, they've been known for winning. But then comes Chris's point: mm. new owner. So. Again, it could be that the new owner actually wants to see the aesthetics. So coming. nine new and players, and and you want to see a style come out in one week. Uh, in, in one week. Uh, no, perhaps a conversation between manager and owner. And okay, I want to play yeah, fancy that's football. Bring me these people. And, 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 and Bowley, who yeah. knows football more than two players, says, <laughs> That's but why I'm saying there's something behind uh, what, 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 I'm, what I'm concerned with, though, Chris, is that um, you take a look at Bowley. Uh, you know, the, the, 
does he win the confidence of managers out there, especially yeah. the high-profile managers? Mm. You know, they, they talk of Zinedine Zidane, etc. Uh, do they look at the Chelsea project and say, you know what, Munano Shandikanayo? It's it's so tricky because he's relatively unknown in that space, and I think even to a degree when it comes to issues to do with respecting his decision-making capability, they'll likely look at him and think, okay, what does this guy actually know about English football? Little to none. Except for the fact that he could buy the team. So I think it's going to be a little bit problematic and potentially that's what the issue was with um, Thomas Tuchel was the fact that Thomas Tuchel possibly told him you don't know what you're talking about. You don't know what you're doing, right? Let's go to our messages. Sangsi says, hey Z team, Tuchel's war started when he stared into Conte's blue eyes and tried to pick a fight. Let's get to the serious messages. I don't believe those were Tuchel's signings. Chelsea is another man united. Football politics simple. That is Valentine from Blues. There was talk that uh, he was uh, involved considerably in yeah. recruitment uh, this yeah. past and, summer. And you can yeah. see it. You can see it. You can see the areas that he was trying to plug. You can see the players that went out as well as the players that came in. He was you've absolutely invest, involved. You've first complained. He yeah. complained when there was it was late. They started yes. getting into the transfer market very late yeah. and he was already showing his concerns about the lack of activity in the transfer market. Yeah. And yeah. then they said, okay, we got the money. Aubameyang was go, not a burly signing. No. Aubameyang was, was Tuchel. He, yeah, he they, were, the they were reunited having worked yeah. together at Borussia Dortmund. Yeah. Anelka from Rusape says, Remember, this is the Champions League. I think it goes beyond the result from yeah. last yeah, night. No, uh, the result yeah, may have just does. been uh, a catalyst, but uh, there seems to be a story behind this one. And Chelsea is a big team for results, not to lose to a small team. Look at City. Anga asinga goni kumisa jidori hake since season ya tanga. I, I was in an interesting discussion um, on Twitter earlier and um, there were guys who were pointed to the fact that um, when you take a look at certain players who are being played horribly out of position, Barry, mm. uh, you had uh, the new signing from Leicester who's come in, uh, played as a centre-back last night. We know he's not a centre-back yeah. outright for Farnham. Uh, for Farnham. Uh, you had Shaloba as well, who yeah, has yeah. played out of position in recent yeah. times. You had Mason Mount, who has been made to play as a deep-lying midfielder. Yeah, yeah. And, and you take a look at the output of Mason Mount especially. He was one guy that they could depend on for goals and assists, even when the team was not doing well. Sure. This season, both have dried out. Yeah, I, w- I want to expand your list and, and go back a little bit. Uh, Romelu Lukaku, when he arrived at, at Chelsea, played out of position. I'm agreeing with that uh, on the basis. And, and listen, I'm not a Tuchel fan, guys. Mm. Uh, I love his post-match interviews. <laughs> <laughs> see, he, he, in terms of what we see on the field of play versus what he's saying, there's no disc- there's no connection between the two. Um, uh, you, you got Timo Werner played out of position. Kai Havertz, when he first arrived played out of position and the list goes on and that's why players go south under Thomas Tuchel. Chavez in Ambare says that's what I noticed that Tuchel is not at the level most people thought he was. He just won the Champions League by luck though at that time the team was playing better but I really know that the league was going to unearth the exact two Tuchel, people should have known. Champions League bought him uh, a bit of time because in the league, Chelsea was not playing convincing football. Bought a good striker, failed to utilise him. The writing had already been on the wall. And so it looks like that there's general
general agreement on Thomas Tuko and the questions around him. There's a big game. Yeah, last night, PSG beating Juventus 2-1 looked comfortable for the first half. But in the second half, uh, Chris, uh, Juventus up there again. uh, And in the end, it was touch and go. Juventus could quite easily have got an equaliser. Yeah, and it was very interesting that, I don't know if it was a a lapse in concentration or Juventus just going up um, another gear towards the end of this game, but they really could have put in another goal. And I think it was also an important wake-up call for PSG who kind of looked like they fell asleep a little bit. Uh, Were were, were Juventus guilty alloys of uh, perhaps over-respecting PSG at the start of the game. Yeah, I think they did. Yeah, I think, I think, I think they did. You know, I, I think uh, it's understandable because even from here, we we, we respected uh, PSG with the ammunition that they've, they've got. But uh, when the game started, they, they gave them that respect. But uh, second half, they, they realized that, you know, guys, we can, we can actually play. And they could have, honestly speaking, I don't know how that ball didn't get in into the net. Mm-hmm. The, 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 the chances that they created and how the shots were blocked on the line and mm. everything. I think, I think they were unlucky. Saves. Yeah, I think they were unlucky not to get away with a, with a point in this match. All right, uh, let's go to tonight's uh, action and of course uh, the Group A through to D. Ajax will take on Rangers. That game has just uh, kicked off. We'll be giving you a quick update just now. Napoli will take on Liverpool in the pick of the fixtures in that group. Atletico takes on Porto in Group B, whilst Bruche will take on Bayer Leverkusen in Group C, Barcelona versus Victoria, Victoria Pilsen, whilst Inter will take on Bayern Munich. And then Group D will see Eintracht Frankfurt take on Sporting Club of Portugal and Tottenham takes on Marseille. Right, the big game, no doubt, Barry, Inter versus Bayern. In previous seasons, we would have said, you know what, Bayern outright favourites, but this Bayern in the last couple of weeks just has seemed slightly unsure of itself. The goals have dried up. There have been a few defensive mistakes, but they're also coming up against the inter side that haven't enjoyed the greatest starts in Syria. Yeah, sure. Um, uh, although I want to I wanna, uh, sort of adjust Inter's form on the basis that there are games where they've been upended, just like the Davi de la Madonina against uh, AC Milan. Uh, but you can see that there are moments where Inter is on top and Bayern has struggled with teams that do what? That are up and at them. So I, I think that if Inter has a fast start in this game, gets in the faces of Bayern Munich but uh, Julian Nagelsmann will have some answers to to, to, to give uh, Alois uh, you know early on in the season when they started the Bundesliga we all thought oh you know what they don't need Lewandowski uh, <laughs> you know the goals are being spread around mm. but they just seem to lack a focal point in games where teams set up against them in a very structured organised manner uh, I think they don't have that um target man in the middle like Lewandowski who can score a goal out of nothing and who can convert some of the chances that they're having because what they do are, are quick attackers Mane, Ginabri, Kingsley Coman, Musiala, ETC but they don't have that classic number nine. Yeah, uh, see, Mike, with that kind of setup, you play with a team that is disorganized. If you find a team that is well organized, keeping their lines very solid, it's very difficult to penetrate when you don't have a target man. Because usually, target man is one who actually keeps the defenders 
at the back then can actually with Lewandowski he is actually capable of getting deeper as well mm. to collect the ball to damage the lines because you, a defender has to follow him to go to, to go inside he's now, to occupy the center back exactly now they don't have that somebody all the teams that they need to do is to keep their solid line keep their lines solid and you can actually deal with the nippy with the nippy strikers so for me i think it's more like hapas at attack where they can actually get a goal somewhere from <laughs> nowhere it's okay so but methodically Nagels, man? Methodi- methodically it's very difficult to play with such a such with, a, with such, with a such a setup you cannot plan methodically you, it's it's very difficult they really miss uh, Lewandowski they do Honestly, and uh, it's Barcelona's game. Look at what he's doing at Barcelona. Yeah, let's give you a quick update on those two games, Ajax and Rangers. Eintracht Frankfurt versus Sporting. Both of them goalless after 15 minutes of uh, play. Those are the early kickoffs. The other games will kick off at 9 o'clock, including, Chris, Napoli versus Liverpool. And, of course, Liverpool side uh, that uh, has had an unsure start in mm. the English Premier League. Uh, they'll be, of course, uh, away at one of the most intimidating venues in European football. Yeah, I'm not a great start for Liverpool but again the Champions League I think for any team can breathe fresh air into a campaign and I think because you are potentially playing in different territory in inverted commons I think it can do something for the team so I think yes this Liverpool side and also they've had such incredible injuries at that start um, they're going to be having Diogo Jota back as well so I think that might help but I think Liverpool in this particular match not as completely out of sorts as we would think Barry as we wrap it up uh, midfield seems to be a, a place where Liverpool has just been slightly hesitant uh, and the selection's unsure yep. who do you go with Thiago's been back in training do you yep. throw him immediately on Arthur, do you start him at all as they mm, call him in Brazil yeah. mm, yeah, I would say that uh, my desire my dream yes. is to see uh, Fabinho sitting at the base of a midfield with uh, Artur and uh, Thiago in front of him. Oh, that will be magic. I doubt we'll see that tonight. I think there's going to be a bit more pragmatism. James There's going to be a bit more pragmatism from Klopp. Uh, ultimately, all we want to see as a Liverpool fan is a win. We're out of time, guys. We'll see you on Friday. Tomorrow, don't miss... This Delio Capena will be talking uh, to Alice Bungira. They're in conversation for 30 minutes uh, tomorrow, 5 after 6. That's one definitely not to miss. For now, may God richly bless you. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Manandi, out. And it's Messi! the cleanest that clean finishes from the best on the planet the biggest sports stories Chelsea the UEFA Champions League winners of 2021 the biggest interviews that uh, such a great spectacle is ruined by such such thuggish behaviour and all the analysis right here he's the one player that has the arrogance to think that he can play in any stadium in the world and any pitch in the world in front of any player in the world and take them on every weekday it's my sport it's your sport it's ZFM sport on ZFM stereo my station your station Hi, this is Mike Mandel, and you can catch me and the team for all the latest breaking news out of the world of sport, local as well as international, on your favorite station, my station, your station, ZFM. We are Z Team on ZFM Sport. Z.